I was debating between starting this podcast episode with what I'm about to read you or ending it with what I'm about to read you, but I decided I have to start with this. Every single word in this Instagram post is my mood and my vibe for 2024. Thank you to Ansamalik. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly for writing it. And thank you to all creators who have enough courage to share their point of view and their perspective with the world and their generosity for allowing the world to receive it and to benefit from it. She said, I want more people to think bigger and expect better for themselves in 2024. I want to see more brilliance shown in public forums from those who hide behind curtains. I want to see people promoted into the roles at the levels they are already performing at. I want those who historically accept mediocre to now demand excellence. I want people to bring their ideas to life. I want to see different faces and hear different voices. I want to see different people everywhere, full stop. I want to see confidence. I want people to step into their power. I want everyone to feel like they can thrive. I also want more people to say no. And I want more people to say, fuck you. Mic drop, right? Like, killed it, everything. Like, chills, like, yes, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly my intention moving into this year. And more than anything, I feel like this post really represents, I feel like, a collective desire, not just my own, to really start talking our shit. I'm really ready to start talking my shit. And I feel like I'm in a unique position of privilege to talk shit because I feel like I'm at a stage now in my life where my need for validation is pretty much satisfied in all areas of my life. And I hate that I had to get there. I hate that I had to like earn that validation in order for me to now have the mindset of like, okay, now I can really start talking my shit, but it is what it is. Uh, I feel like I'm at a stage in my life where I'm like, allowing myself to enjoy the work that I put in over the course of my 20s and like really not only it's not even so much of a mood like I did that but it's like let me let me enjoy this and let me leverage this in a way that can really make an impact because look First of all, I think my life kind of goes in three-year increments. That's what I've noticed. And this new year is pretty much the three-year anniversary of me making content. Well, I've made content my whole life, but like making content with the intent to make this my job. It's probably been two and a half years. I don't think I ever had the intent to make it my job until I quit my clerkship to do this full time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like the last three years was me also wanting to do like I've always had this desire that I just want to do something different. I want to do something. I I just get really turned off to do something that everyone is doing. And that's not on like I'm not like most girls type shit. It's just I don't know. Aries behavior, I guess. Like it's more so of okay, if this has already been done, if this is already being done, what do I have to contribute? Which might be flawed because what you have to contribute, even though something has been done before, is your unique perspective and your unique voice when you are doing something. Let's say like a get ready with me, right? Like the format is now in the mainstream. It's So now I just don't really have a desire to do it unless I'm doing it in like a new way. And I and that's the shift that I'm feeling, especially, especially inspired by the last three months where I feel like the world has kind of gone through this re-education and I have gone through a re-education and I, I just have become more aware of just how much my tax dollars are funding a, an unfathomable amount of pain, not just in this country, but worldwide. And, and I use the word unfathomable because 
some it often does feel like what the fuck is going on even and someone responded to one of my stories talking about this saying some people want money as bad as you want world peace and while that sounds dark i really with my whole heart believe I've always been a tech optimist, but now more than ever, I, with my whole heart, believe that technology is here to save us. 1,000% I neglected global issues during my formal education. And I think the reason why is because I was so fixated on the American system that I neglected its role in international affairs. I took one very baseline, like international, what was it? Uh, international. I don't even remember the name of the class, but it was something in regards to like international politics. And I took that in college, not even in law school. And even this year, when I have had people in my life that are not only Palestinian, but like Palestinian activists, I didn't take the time to ask about their history or, I mean, it's not their responsibility to educate me, but like, to investigate something that is very clear is important to them. And in my studies of the American justice system, one thing I came to learn was that history is often told from the side of the oppressor. And in many ways, I think that's true because the rich is not always, but often the oppressor slash benefiting from a system of oppression. And to make good content, books, movies, ads, meant to be able to afford it. Not just the resources needed to make it, not just to distribute it, but also the time to create it, time not spent trying to survive. The first two costs, resources and distribution, are today being made not just available, but accessible to most. I don't even know if I can say most. More than ever. The last one, having time to create it, is also getting there. Through what? Through technology. And because of this, I remain hopeful that we can create a better world. My approach with content has shifted where I am really not trying to appeal to the masses anymore. I prefer to influence influencers. My approach is going to be appeal specific, well, in general, because I feel like when I am influencing influencers, it's it's just a, a more efficient way to make impact. But there's also a subsect of influencers who I do not agree with. But there is a benefit in getting on their For You page. Because my approach is like appealing to people who crave exorbitant amounts of money and power in order to invite them to imagine a better world, not just for the marginalized, but for all. And we'll talk about that more and what that looks like. But what research confirms is people are most open to an alternative viewpoint when it comes from someone they have befriended or admire. And the approach many have taken is one rooted in despair or even aggression, which is entirely valid. But what we are very aware of is that the elite do not currently reflect a capacity for empathy or understanding. The way their minds are unfortunately set up is what's in it for me. Now, there are certain things in the world that everyone likes. Security, connection, health, humor, art, fairness. Or rather that people dislike unfairness. Satisfaction, like literally look at ASMR. Whoa, what noise is that? Oh, that noise is actually, it's like a signal that is, trend, it's like cutting through, I don't know. I don't even, my mind can't even wrap around stuff like that. Anyway, um, something else everyone likes is to discover something. It feels good to discover. And I think if your goal is to spread a message, you can talk your shit all day. But if your shit is not combined with something that everyone likes, it's not going to reach those who could have their mind changed. Look at academic writing. People have incredible shit that has been talked at levels you would not believe. But people don't like to read. They say they do. And maybe that, maybe they like it when they do it. But people don't read because they don't like it enough. 
much of my content is a reflection of my appreciation for that writing that most people don't read. That's like why I love to pull up the receipts to make the information more fun, more digestible, but get important messages out there and appealing to the things that people like to reach more people, more people who could benefit from hearing it. My overall goal, you guys, is to create a better world. The type of content and writing I like amplifying is writing rooted in an abundance, love-based mindset because that would create a better world. I also amplify the type of writing and content that exposes our current system, which is rooted in a scarcity and a fear-based mindset, again, in the hopes of creating a better world. And right now is a really unique time because through platforms like TikTok and Instagram, information is more accessible than it has ever been by miles, by light years. And the thing about information, this is the really fascinating thing about information is once you know something, you can't unknow it. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. I'm thinking of like languages right now, like you can know a, a, ling a different language and then if you don't practice it, it it won't come to you. But I think that's be that I think that's because of the flawed like memorization type style of language learning as opposed to like the internalization and knowing of an idea, not like the expression of an idea. Or I think of piano, like if you don't practice that muscle, you'll lose it. But I think that's a different kind of knowing. When you know something is fucked up, you can't unknow it. And you experience what is called cognitive dissonance. Yuck! Yucky! So when confronted with the following two premises, one, the system is fucked, and two, I have the power to change the system, people go one of two ways. Actually, three ways. The first is they spend energy leaning into their power to change the system that resolves that cognitive dissonance. The, se the second is spending energy justifying why the system is fucked, aka doubling down on your beliefs. Super dangerous, by the way. I feel like Ben Shapiro is probably a good example of that. About of that. Like, very smart person using his smarts in a way to alleviate his cognitive dissonance, but in a destructive way. And then the third option is to do neither which leaves you in a state of cognitive dissonance, which erodes your sense of confidence and integrity in all aspects of your life, leading to a lower quality of life and a desperation to distract oneself from that discomfort. That's how I see it. And there's, level to, there's, le there's levels to it. Like I think of Chick-fil-A, uh, a company that I know does not support the gays, who I love very much, and... Um, also, just even the idea of meat consumption, like knowing what happens to beautiful, loving animals in order for like mass production to happen. And I still eat Chick-fil-A. And that is honest, like at least on a subconscious level, it is probably degrading my sense of integrity and confidence. Maybe not enough to... Um, I don't know. I, I, I can definitely imagine myself uh, evolving into a type of person who like just desires confidence and integrity more than a chicken sandwich. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, I'm still, this is my first time on earth. Like I'm figuring this shit out. And what's happening in Palestine right now well, right now, but also for the last 75 years, is is just a, a level of beyond fucked up once you know it. And again, you can't unknow it. And the thing is, the smarter you are, the more likely you're either going to be an activist or someone who uses their smarts to, one, justify the system, and then, two, benefit from the system. And for the activist, the benefit lays in the promise of a better system, but you can't benefit from that system now. And for the same reason why public defense attorneys make a fraction of corporate attorneys, the system incentivizes corruption. It is more desirable to use your intelligence to justify and benefit from the system purely from a survival viewpoint. If you can't beat them, join them. And that's what many have had to do. Look at, 
Look at like Iranian culture that romanticizes children with medical law and engineering degrees even more than Americans romanticize those degrees. Because to Americans, they represented one means of financial security. To Iranians, to South Asians, it represented financial security plus a greater opportunity for freedom from an oppressive government. Because Iranians had to prove ourselves to exist in a free country, but just being born in the US is enough. Even if you smoke weed all day and play Fortnite and harass people online for your whole life. Neither of these situations are ideal. And more people are realizing that. Why? Because they're exposed to information that has been gatekept. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And if knowledge is power, and technology is the usher of knowledge into more hands that have ever held it, ideally the hands of all, we are at a unique point in history with implications, positive implications, that many would deem unrealistic. The way I see it is there's no point yelling into an echo chamber. Actually, I take that back because you can share something that allows someone else to make an important connection, perhaps the necessary connection that could reach someone who has the power to create the rules. It's all important. But my strategy is in 2024 is going to be appealing to the desire. Actually, not just 2024. I feel like this has kind of been my strategy but appealing to the desires of those in power and convincing them that a better way of living exists for everyone. Like it shouldn't have to be this way, but unfortunately getting a law degree gets people to take you more seriously. And I feel like the way that I want to frame it is in a way where it doesn't make it a sacrifice. I want to position this in a way where it feels like a no brainer. And I don't give a fuck if that's being unrealistic. Literally, you guys, when I was at the Capitol in Nancy Pelosi's office, Nancy was at the head of the table. President of Microsoft was sitting across from me. One of the forward reps were there. I was there with forward.us, along with the other plaintiffs. And Nancy wanted to know what the hearing at the Supreme Court was like because she wasn't able to attend it. And no one outside of the courtroom knew what happened or how it went. So the forward rep, mentioned that I was in law school and suggested I should share what I thought. And so I told her the main arguments that were made on both sides and that I actually felt like we could win, that we would win. And I appreciate that Nancy was maybe trying to avoid disappointment in the event we got our hopes up, but she very flat out said there's pretty much no way we would win. And she would be shocked if it happened, which like I didn't really know how to respond to that, but I didn't really allow it to change my mind based on what I had heard, based on how the justices were interacting with the room, with each other. I had this gut feeling that we were going to win. And we did. And while we were able to protect DACA from being rescinded, which honestly, you guys, I don't even know what it would look like if it did. DACA is in more jeopardy now, and I'm not saying that to scare anyone, if you're listening to this as a DACA recipient, but legally, DACA is in more jeopardy now if this heads up to the Supreme Court again, which honestly, I don't know, we'll see. Because now the government has a literal instruction manual as far as what it will take to defeat DACA. But this might be what is needed, what needs to happen in order for Congress to act, in order for the country to act to finally create a fair pathway to citizenship for DACA recipients, even an unfair one at this point, but at least something, something rooted in logic and reason. Like, can we take a second and reflect on the fact that citizenship is automatically granted if you're born somewhere, despite having no choice in the matter, even if you moved the next day and never lived in America, but because you were born there, through no choice of your own, you enjoy the rights of an American citizen. How the fuck does that make sense? Here's the part that gets me, is they make it so hard to get citizenship. And the reason why is because of the high scrutiny, scrutiny for each application. They have to review it so carefully. Why? Well, the current U.S. immigration system... Well, I actually Googled it. I was like, why is it so hard? Like, I just, I, first of all, it's very hard to find the answer to that question. 
but naturally the the idea is like okay they make it hard because they want to you know protect national security interests but again it just contradicts the idea that if you were born here and never lived here your whole life except for the day you were born you get citizenship but like people who would dedicate their life to being an american citizen have to go through like the craziest i found this website that i think um explains it really well it says the current u.s immigration system is restrictive from the perspective of both immigrants and americans in recent years the united states has granted green cards to about 1 million immigrants annually this amounts to about 0.3 percent of the u.s population the annual rate of legal immigration commonly exceeded 1% of the population in the late 19th and early 20th centuries before Congress capped legal immigration. In 2019, the immigration rate as a share of U.S. population was 80% below that peak year of 1854. The only year when the rate approached those of, of the years of unrestricted immigration was 1990, when Congress waived the caps and allowed illegal immigration or illegal immigrants to obtain green cards, right? Proponents of America's current immigration system often use comparisons to other countries to portray the U.S. system as relatively open. One common claim, for instance, is that we allow more people into America legally than all other countries on the planet combined. In reality, immigration to the United States accounted for 7.5% of the growth of the worldwide immigrant population from 2015 to 2020, meaning that the vast majority of immigrants are not going to the United States. Another similar assertion is we are by far the most generous nation in the world for legal immigration. Although the United States has accepted the most immigrants in absolute terms compared with other individual countries, fewer immigrants reside in the United States as a share of its population than in 55 other countries or territories with independent immigration policies. The United States ranks in the bottom third among wealthy countries for the foreign-born share of its population. If all 32 million immigrants who attempted the U.S. process in 2018 were added to the U.S. population, it would only bring the immigrant share of the U.S. population to 22%, in line with Canada, 21%. The only way to rival countries like New Zealand, 28%, Switzerland, 29%, and Australia, 30%, would be to promptly admit a majority of the 158 million who told Gallup that they would want to come. On a more reasonable time horizon for natural inflows that accounted for the population growth in U.S.-born Americans, that scale would also be insufficient. Other countries' policies, however, do not change the reality for, make, for people seeking to become Americans. From the average would-be immigrant's perspective, America's doors are legally shut. Many people would prefer to ignore the immigrant's viewpoint, but when legal immigration is hopeless, illegal immigration should surprise no one. Nonetheless, the myth that legal immigration is relatively easy or a matter of simply waiting a few years persists. The focus then becomes solely on how to deal with the symptom of the restrictions, people crossing illegally, rather than the restrictions themselves, and legal immigration reforms fall to the wayside. Although reform could come in many ways, this paper is starting to place to this paper is a starting place to understand not only that nearly all immigrants cannot come legally to America, but also why they cannot, why they cannot and what policymakers can do to liberate American immigration policy. Since 1990, no one outside of the United States has been eligible for a green card unless they can prove they fall into one of these five narrow exceptions, okay? The first is the refugee program. Qualified refugees have less than a 0.1% chance of being selected for resettlement, and only a few nationalities are even considered. Okay, it's kind of like inconsequential. Number two, the diversity lottery. The fact that we have a lottery even for this, it just doesn't make sense to me. Diversity applicants have a 0.2% chance of receiving a green card, and because the lottery excludes the top origin countries for legal immigrants, a majority of the world's population is ineligible to apply. Okay? Number three, family sponsorship. Of course, they have this because of the American ideal of keeping families together. 
but that's what it's appealing to the american value aside from the spouses minor children and parents of adult u.s citizens family sponsorships are capped the years of waiting caused by these caps mean that except for sponsors of spouses and minor children of existing green card holders most sponsors in these categories will die before their relatives can immigrate okay that's my situation where I have DACA because I am not considered a minor child. And so my application under my parents who were green card holders at the time expired. And the only way for me to reapply is to go back to Canada. Um, and then that would take however long. Who knows? Number four is employment-based self-sponsorship. These categories are only for those who are in legal terms extraordinary, have work of national importance, or can afford to make at least $800,000 in investments in the United States. Not options for many. They also upped that amount from $800,000 to, I believe, it's $1.2 million. Good old capitalism. Um, and I would be eligible for this, but I have overstay on my visa, so can't. Um, not only this, but anyone coming to violate any U.S. law is unequiv unequivocally barred. Nine specific types of past criminal action. This is the part that really gets me, you guys. So nine specific types of past criminal actions are unwaivable. Permanent bars to receiving legal permanent residence in the United States. Are you guys ready for this fucking list? Number one, murder with a conviction or admission. Our own government has done it. Extrajudicial killing, which means like killing without the government authority to do so like killing without being in the military which our country does torture which our country does genocide which our country does terrorism which our country does material support for terrorism with a duress exemption our country does recruitment of child soldiers okay severe human trafficking i mean we saw politicians on epstein island and drug trafficking which is a whole other can of worms Money laundering, and except for simple possession of 30 grams or less of marijuana, any non-trafficking drug crime and also are also generally unwaivable offenses. Crazy because marijuana is legal in many states and are heavily taxed and our government benefits from that. But here we are. Though refugees may receive a discretionary waiver, again, only if it's deemed in the public interest or necessary for family unity or humanitarian reasons. Any two criminal convictions with aggregate sentences of more than five years, prostitution offenses in the past 10 years, simple possession of 30 grams or less of marijuana, and crimes involving moral turpitude are presumptively bar, also presumptively bar immigration, but may be waived in limited circumstances. It's just crazy because this is all shit that Americans do all the time, stuff that our government does all the time, but they are completely barred. Like if you have any of this on your record and, and you shouldn't have it on your record, but like it's just such a contradiction. Stubs, substantively, several requirements bear no relationship to public health or safety. Personal drug use and voluntary prostitution are not behaviors that violate the rights of other people. They should not be grounds for a ban on legal permanent residence in this country at all, let alone be in the case of drugs, one of the only criminal offenses that most immigrants can never have forgiven. Only crimes that truly threaten others should be a person's right to immigrate, should bar a person's right to immigrate to the United States. The whole American immigration system is fucked, you guys. And I think that DACA is just an issue that appears most logically inconsistent with Americans. Because it's like, what? Like, these are kids that came to the country through no, like, choice of their own. They are contributing to the country. They're like the golden children that, like, we want here. And so there's a lot of bipartisan support for DACA. And it's still does not have any pathway to citizenship after years and years and years, after years and years and years. And I think DACA is just like, is just that kind of like beacon for the entire immigration system to like show how fucked it all is. And I've learned that the whole American colonial patriarchal system is fucked and that 
what's happening in Palestine is just the issue that appears most logically inconsistent with Americans. Like that's the commonality, I think, between DACA and the Palestinian cause. And what we know is that we like both of them spark a lot of logic, like cognitive dissonance, logical inconsistencies. And what we know is when we have more cognitive dissonance, there's more momentum and activism for both the side of the oppressor and the oppressed. And when we combine that with the power of social media to educate, to inform and also to soothe, to assist, like side note, there are channels that help so many parents soothe their babies. Imagine how much that would have helped previous generations. But anyway, I think that what may have been unrealistic during Nancy Pelosi's era is no longer unrealistic in the one we are in now. And it will remain unrealistic as long as we don't try. My existence is unrealistic, bitches. Do you know, like, the odds of me being born? We're going to sit here and start talking about what's realistic and what's unrealistic on this planet? Get out. So, yeah, like... As far as content goes in 2024, um, I, I really just want to make as big of an impact as I can in the ways that I can. And and I'm, I'm looking forward to see w- how the power of technology will assist voices like mine who are advocating for a better world for all. And girl, I have so much good shit to share. You have no idea. I can't even like, here's the thing. When, when people say they want to get into content creation and, and they're like, what should I, what should I post about? I always say post about what you can't shut the fuck up about what you're talking to your friends about. And the research that I've been doing recently is research that I literally just I'm yelling, not yelling, but like I'm just talking to everyone about simply because it's just so fascinating and and awakening and it's just wild. Um, So be on the lookout for that. My goal is on January 8th to drop my first video essay about the psychological implications of what having money does to you. Um, and it's, I feel like it's really important to know as the youth grows up and gets into positions of power and financial security to have a heads up about if unchecked what happens to the mind once you get into a position of power to kind of preemptively get people to turn on their empathy and compassion buttons because the research is wild. We'll get into it on January 8th, but be on the lookout for that. Um, Because, yeah, I feel like for the last few years, like my whole thing, my whole life is very much um, the theme kind of of my life is escaping boxes that people try to put me in. And I started to realize through my reflections that being a content creator in the way that I am, I wasn't realizing it, but I was like putting myself in a box where like, I was thinking like my, and my evaluation for posting a video was like, I really like this. Plus I know this will pop off, which is very much fitting into a box. It's very much being a servant of the algorithm. Um, And when it's your career, you can't help it. Of course, we all have a desire for security. But I think there's a difference between how can I play with the algorithm versus like being a slave to it. And and having my analysis and my evaluation heavily just like be more on the side of I really like this than I know this will pop off because any like through the power of the universe, anything has the power to pop off if the right intention is behind it. It doesn't have to be something people have seen before. It doesn't have to, you know, be something that follows a formula. I think oftentimes the most powerful art 
is the type of art that just like deviates from expectation and I'm really excited this year to like really marry like art and activism and in my own unique way um so yeah really really hopeful really optimistic really I feel like more empowered than ever I feel like on one hand I'm so frustrated that for my entire like that the system is like this in the first place um but perhaps this is one of the greatest opportunities of a lifetime for all of us and and how beautiful is it going to be when we look back in history books and how inspiring is is it going to be to know that we can overcome anything even systems that have been in place for way too long way too long harmful systems systems created with the intent to be harmful it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be this way and the biggest lie that we have been told is that it has to be this way it does nothing has to be anyway we have so much more power than we realize and it and that power grows every day through technology it's such a beautiful thing it's so sick um like for instance i i went on a walk uh in orange county when i was in orange county for the holidays which is where i grew up and i found this walk because i needed to go for a walk um and as i as i'm like walking I see a sign that says story walk and I'm like huh what's story walk I keep walking I see another sign that says story walk and then I see a, a like a post that says welcome to story walk like every month we change up a story but pretty much what it is is like as you walk there are like it's like a trail of posts where the story continues as you continue walking sick right like already just the concept I'm like what like that's so fucking cool and so I walk and I'm reading this story. It's an amazing story about overcoming fear. Like, I don't want to give it away, but I was like, what an amazing concept. And as I was like halfway through the story, like I had my headphones in full like music video mode, which I usually am on my walks. This guy like comes up behind me and he asks, he's like, is the story any good? I take on my headphone. I'm like, actually, yeah, dude, like it's really good. And we just get into a whole conversation about like, why is this not something that is more common? Like a community effort to incentivize people getting out in nature and moving their bodies, which is a universal form of medicine and healing. Why is this not everywhere? Why is this not everywhere? Um, there was actually a sign at the end of the story walk with an email, like asking for feedback. And I'm thinking again, like in my mood of, I just feel more powerful than ever. Like why not leverage social media to get this shit in more places? And like, it's such a low cost way to create such a powerful outcome in people's lives to incentivize being in nature and moving your body like that's a way that's one way we can create a better world and it doesn't it does it does it doesn't have to be that hard it doesn't even have to be that hard it's just a matter of how much are we willing to believe in ourselves that we can make this happen that we can create a better world like i really feel like this year is people unsubscribing from the belief set that like my vote doesn't matter. I can't do anything because fuck. I don't want to say like fuck the voting system anyway, but I think the new voting system is going to be ushered in by technology. Um, there's also a post that I really like. It's like everything you do is a vote for the world that you want to live in. 
every song you listen to, every person you talk to, every thing you read, every everything you consent to is a vote for the world that you want to create. Vote wisely. But um but like we can create anything if we believe in ourselves. I really I really believe this. Um and I just feel like our power to inspire is greater than ever through technology. Like, crazy story. I was on a call with um, a beautiful, beautiful girl who I added to my team who has been a longtime follower. It's amazing. It's amazing to have that, like, evolution of a relationship from follower to supporter to, like, now we're, we're literally supporting each other. But she told me, she revealed, I told her like the story walk thing. And she was like, that's crazy you bring that up because shortly before we started working together, I, I woke up paralyzed in half of my body. I couldn't even properly speak. And she told me she was like, my entire life I've only been complimented for like being smart and how well I could speak. So to not be able to do that felt like it was not just like an attack on my body. It was an attack on my identity type vibes. I was like, oh my God, I literally don't know. And it just, of course, like my natural response is just a feeling of gratitude. Like that could be us tomorrow. We act like it can't, but it can and obviously like she went to the doctor she said she was so terrified like the way her family was looking at her and it was she's 25 too like she was having stroke symptoms without it it didn't make sense she goes to the doctor they like prescribe her a bunch of medications that she didn't feel like that was working for her and she told me that one of my episodes from my podcast she listened to and it was me talking about a study that followed three individuals one had severe eczema one had severe adhd one had chronic migraines and a study about like the power of the mind and and how it can heal you and how all the patients uh got healed or their symptoms went away and it was so miraculous and she was like okay i i i listened to it and i'm like well might as well try like it's such a low cost, again, like low cost, high potential reward. So she listens to Joe Dispenza meditations for four days. And on the fourth day, she said she woke up and her paralysis like w- went away. Like she was able to move her body that she previously couldn't move. She also wasn't on the medication while this happened. And I'm just like... I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. Like you can put stuff out and not realize the powerful ways in which it can really help a person, even if it's just one person. We all have that power within us if we believe in ourselves enough to use it. It's so beautiful. It also just like, it was so inspirational for me too just make content that impacts more than content that like listen I love a good lip combo video and if if that feels authentic to the creator to me in that moment to like make it I mean it's a part of my identity it's a part of who I am but like it's just no longer because I know lip combo videos do well it's it's like I'm posting a lip combo video because it's a reflection of my mood in this moment like and just trying to I don't know I guess again coming I think now that like my my need for validation has really subsided it's it's just a whole different game right now like you know those memes that's like once I like get my self-esteem in check and like know who I am and I've overcome my insecurities and like stuff like that. Then it's really over for you hoes. 
I feel that. But when I say like over for you hoes, I mean like for the elite <laughs> um, greed power hungry people of the world. And, and I don't want it to be over for anyone. I want us all to be happy and I want us all to dance and I want us all to experience joy and I want us all to benefit from a better world that is is realistic. I think we can get there in this lifetime. I think we can. I think we will. And, and I'm just excited to witness the evolution of my perspective and the way that I show up and the way that others show up. We're all just out here inspiring each other. We're all out here walking each other home on some like Ram Dust type beat. Like also let's not forget that we're all 99.9999999% the same. Like you are me, I am you. You're listening to you FM right now. Anything you're resonating with, it's just a reflection of you. Anything you're not resonating with, it's it's showing you wh what you aren't, which clears up the definition of what you are. That's why we experience contrast. There was actually an Abraham Hicks video I was watching. Was it? Yeah, recently that I loved. And she was like, something bad happens which the reason why something bad is happening you're experiencing this contrast is in order to refine your desires of what you actually want but instead of spending your energy refining on what you want and then inviting that into your life you're ruminating on what you don't want i used an example for my parents i was like lavashak is a like a persian candy in this company Lavashak lovers they sent me a box and I was like imagine you get an order of Lavashak and you hate the flavor and and by hating the flavor it's getting you clearer on what kind of flavor you want but instead of spending your energy on ordering the flavor you want or ordering the flavor you might like more and getting excited for that you're just complaining about the lava shock that you don't like and why what did you do to deserve such a gross lava shock and 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 like what are the circumstances that led to you getting this shitty lava shock you know like it's just unproductive contrast exists to serve you and the only way that i can make sense of the disturbing levels of suffering that is happening on this planet is so that we can get clearer on the system that we do want because this system is not i think i think this system the only people that want this system <laughs> are obviously the people that benefit from it and that's not that many people Half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Half the world lives on less than $5 a day. That's not... <laughs> what the fuck kind of system is that? What the fuck kind of system is that? Half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, we'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into more of that and just creating a better world in 2024. Um, let's get into like a life update. I feel like I have been spending as much time alone as I can without destroying my personal and professional relationships. And I'm so grateful for that. This is 2023 was the first year I was living alone. 2023 was the second year I have actually made money, like real money. There was one year that I was um, working as a legal assistant between undergrad and law school. And I was literally getting paid I think like $17 an hour, which is like a dollar above minimum wage. And even fucking then I found out I was being underpaid and had to threaten to quit my job to get like my fair wage. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, again, that contrast got me clearer on the life that I wanted. And um, 
and so naturally uh i've had i feel like end of the year and also everything that's happening in the world has gotten me to reflect on the ways in which having money shapes my identity and the responsibility i have as someone who um is financially secure you know what i mean Another part of, I feel like, 2023 has been allowing myself to enjoy what I've worked so hard to build. And um, and I feel like alone time is one of those things. Like, to be able to afford to live alone in a space that feels closer to a more accurate reflection of me and to, like, and to get, cl- like, clearer on my tastes I feel like my taste for everything has gotten a lot more refined in 2023. Um, also, last year was the first year I started dance classes. So it's been officially one year of dance classes. And I'm so proud of myself for my improvement in dance. It's also been one year of me teaching myself how to produce music. I'm so proud of myself for how much I have advanced. Although, Oh my God, it still feels so weird. Like I'm watching these tutorials. Like I don't know if if any music producers are listening to this podcast. Do you guys know this plugin called OTT? Because I, if you want to feel if, or if you're not a producer and you want to feel dumb, if you, if you want to know what it feels like to be stupid, I invite you guys to watch a video titled the ultimate OTT tutorial. I'm lost the whole time. I've actually given up for now, but I am going to learn. It's like assembling a piece of furniture. You have to make mistakes to learn. You have to just like struggle to learn. This year I tried building a piece of furniture and I really gave up on it. And I thought like, no, this is impossible. I can't do this. But then I just kept trying. I just took one more step and then I killed it in the end. But something I love about the fact that I... um have been producing music is in many ways in many ways it feels like I'm studying for the bar exam and I thought there's no relationship between the bar exam and its practice maybe there is but it's small and I wonder if the same is true of music production like I'm learning all of this just to figure out what do I actually need to know and what I don't need to know because I in my self-education of producing music I'll watch certain tutorials and people will say like they'll like share the difference between the sound like after doing this thing and and not doing or and before and after doing something to the sound like manipulating the sound somehow like oh my god such a huge difference i don't hear anything i don't hear a difference and i don't know like are my ears fucked up like are you guys just nerds like no shade to nerds i i am a nerd as well and like i love the beauty of geeking out on something but I'm not hearing the difference and I'm starting to learn kind of things that are not being taught in the tutorials which is like sometimes a feeling is is all that you should be aiming towards and to get caught up in the technicality of it might be doing you a disservice but I'm really happy that I'm learning one because it allows me to have more creative control over what I make I don't have to translate the feel I want to capture to a producer to recreate it it's just gonna it's it allows me to be more honest but also it's hard and I feel like there is a lot of value that comes from doing hard things same with dance too Uh, choreography is just so difficult to me like memorizing choreography freestyling I could do for days but uh choreography is so tough but there's so much that happens in your mind and there's so much confidence that builds even when you're embarrassing yourself when you force yourself to do the hard thing and also the feeling of ecstasy when you notice yourself improving is so sick and beautiful and um and I just, I love to learn. And you have to make mistakes to, le- to learn. Um, the other reason why I'm really excited about music production is being able to showcase my taste. Because you guys, 
I, one thing about me is I know who's going to blow up. I know what's hot. I know what it is. And I'm humble about it, but I'm not shy either. And it really excites me to share it. Um, I've been listening to so much more new music this year. Some artists I have really been rocking with is one FKA Twigs. Like, I can't believe I'm just now really starting to appreciate her. Pink Panthers is really, I think, such a cool artist when it comes to her display of creativity and her taste. Ray is has has been like I think artist of the year for me um and what's crazy is I was watching some of her live performances on YouTube and it's just perfection you guys it's perfection sonically visually I mean everything and more and the video has less than a hundred thousand views and I and there are like covers of songs bad covers I don't want to be an asshole but like it's just a different it's like covers I wouldn't listen to again that have like over a million views. Actually, I'm thinking about it now. Like the last music TikTok I posted almost has a million views. Why does Ray's work of art have less than 100,000 views? I don't know, but there's a reason to the timing of it all. And the other cool thing is even... Like myself, I feel like I have gotten more refined in my taste. I feel like the world is getting more refined in their taste. Like, let's take, for example, Bridget Mendler, Dr. Bridget Badu. I don't know if you guys know who Bridget Mendler is, but she was a Disney girl. She was uh, the lead actress in Good Luck Charlie and the lead in the movie Lemonade Mouth. And she put out music in 2016. And I found out about this music because my sister was friends with the wife of the producer of Bridget's music. And so my sister put me onto it, the songs Atlantis and Do You Miss Me At All. And I loved them both. And I actually have been playing them since 2016. I've always liked those songs a lot. Like I actually probably have memorized every ad lib every like choice at least vocally that was made in that song and I also distinctly remember those songs getting no love no like there's the stream like people weren't streaming her music and through the power of TikTok technology um there has been this resurgence of appreciation for Bridget Mendler and her music, not just for her music, but also the discovery that after making music, she went on to not only get a PhD at MIT Media Lab studying philosophy with a focus on technologies that support inclusive and collaborative governance and citizen engagement, bitch, but also she's a law student at Harvard studying space law, bitch. She said, I'm a legal baddie. She said, I can do it all and I will do it all. And that's the energy I'm talking about in 2024. There's no limits. And even if you're not getting your flowers and your appreciation now, when the world matures enough, when the world gets on your level, when the world does the work of refining their taste, they'll see you. But you have to believe in yourself before the world believes in you. Um, also, I did like a deep dive on Bridget Mendler and Dr. Bridget Badu, sorry. And she got her degree, her, her bachelor's degree in anthropology at USC. And I just love the trajectory of all of that, like the study of humans. And then... And then the work she's doing now, like being such a beautiful extension of that. I'm so excited to witness her evolution. Um, and the other thing that I found in my deep dive about her is that she, one of her classmates was her own mother, which is cunt. Like that her mom was enrolled at USC as well, like studying alongside her daughter, like I think she mentioned she's like, it gives both of us street credit. Or did I write that? I don't know. I just have it in my notes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did say it. She said it on Jimmy Kimmel. And 
that's just so iconic that is so iconic and speaking of new music i feel like i really want to create a channel where i'm just appreciating like the music that i love and that i discover because something i've learned is and and this has definitely become more strong as i continue to be a student of music but like one of my favorite activities is talking music with musicians it's just it feels so good i love it so much so i'm like why not why not do that more and record it and like be able to look back on it and share that joy with others who also get joy from talking music with musicians I went to a lot of amazing concerts in 2023. Obviously, Renaissance was absolutely life-changing. Shortly after Renaissance, I saw the Coldplay show at the Rose Bowl, which was stunning. I, I was really blown away and, and super inspired. I saw Doja Cat in Anaheim, and that was a trip, like just the venue on its own. I think it uh, the Honda Center feels like I'm I'm like in a fever dream it's just it's like it feels like being at a school dance I don't know how to describe it but I have been a Doja fan for a long time and so to see her live was amazing and to see her live for the first time after listening to her music for so long was just really cool I saw John Batiste in concert this year absolutely moving incredible artist um who is just i really think one of one i mean all these artists are one of one but something i really admire about john is his synthesis of art and activism and if you guys haven't seen american symphony on netflix do yourself a f i mean it's one of the most beautiful love stories but also a story about music. It's 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 a multi it's an amazing amazing. I I just really recommend it. Um and who else did I see? I feel like I saw a lot of shows this year. But I don't know why it's so hard. Like every time people are asked the question, when was the last show you saw? For some reason it's hard to remember even though it's such a potent experience i don't know why i don't know why do you get like that too i don't know um but yeah my taste is evolving my writing is evolving how i view myself and others is evolving my perspective is evolving and i'm enjoying it um fashion wise i feel like my taste is for sure evolving so quickly to a point where i'll have like a cart and a week later i'll go back to the car like no 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 which yeah, which is also a reason why I'm leaning more towards just like classic, a classic look that I'm not going to change my mind about. But how, who knows? Who knows? All I can do is refine and align. Refine and align. Like that's all we can do. Um... I have, like speaking of refining, I've unsubscribed to a lot of emails. That feels so good. It feels like a form of decluttering. Unfollowing accounts I no longer resonate with. I think to declutter, like even your desktop, if your desktop is cluttery, it's the beginning of the year or whenever you're listening to, it actually doesn't matter when you do it. I was thinking about it and I don't think it's possible to declutter something and not feel better after you just feel clearer and something I did recently is I just like cleaned my entire apartment but like a serious clean I I do like cleans all the time but a serious clean and it just feels so good I I can't recommend it more for a reset I also feel like a reset just allows you to feel more empowered and in control which will translate into how you feel about like important things that matter you have more power than you think there's also this quote by James Clear I wanted to leave you guys with it says many situations in life are similar to going on a hike the view changes once you start walking 
You don't need all the answers right now. New paths will reveal themselves if you have the courage to get started. Gorgeous. Like, exactly that. Exactly that. And I'm just really excited for our views to continue to change and evolve and ideally become more accurate reflections of the best parts of us. And I I really hope that this episode left you feeling optimistic and empowered because that's how I feel right now. And like, despite it all, despite it all, I feel optimistic and I feel empowered. And I'm really excited for, I'm really excited for what 2024 has in store. <laughs> and... I'm wishing you nothing but love. Is there anything else I wanted to share with you guys? I think there is. I think I screenshotted something. I was like, wait, let me tell the girls. Let me tell the girls. Um, and by girls, I mean everyone. We already we already know that. What did I just screenshot? I think in the theme of being empowered, it says, if you're about to say something important, but you stop yourself and think, if I say this, it could mess things up. You can rest assured things are already a mess. Conflict deferred is conflict amplified. Say your important things. Speak your needs out loud. Be honest and get them out in the open. Silence can be a lie too. And finally, a tweet from Queen Nicki Minaj who says, Y'all, let's start by saying, I don't need to go number one. I am number one. There's a difference. And with that, I leave you with hugs and kisses. Uh, Hope you're having an amazing day, year, week, month, moment. I hope you spend some time in your gratitude today. And I hope you stop forgetting how powerful you are. Okay. Ta-ta. Love you. Bye.